Welcome back to another powerful episode of The Dr. O Show. I'm your host, Dr. Connor Oliveri, founder and CEO of Elevate Health. Every week, we'll be bringing you insightful information and inspiration to help you achieve your full potential regarding your health, life, and business. If you enjoy the message we are promoting in this podcast, we would greatly appreciate it if you could leave a rating and review on the platform you are listening to. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the future episodes that embody our core values of enhancing ourselves, empowering others, and evolving our community. What is going on, Tampa Bay? Uh, welcome to the Dr. O Show, episode number two with Miss Wonderful Allie Russell, uh, owner of KVA Group. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. So all things today are going to be uh, that we're going to talk about are social media and team building, uh, just because you guys did such a phenomenal job in growing your business, just like we did our business through using that social media platform. For those of you who are new to the show or you are watching right now, a little bit of background on Miss Allie Russell, like I said, owner of KVA Group or partner in KVA Group. Um, they do luxury waterfront and development real estate stuff, um, off-market acquisitions, door knocking all over Tampa Bay. We do everything. Everything. Everything and anything. <laughs> mm -hmm. With some pretty big sales. Um, goal, I think, is for you guys to do over uh, or close to a half a billion by Q1 next year. I think that that's freaking awesome. We talked about that briefly. Um, so let's kind of dive into it here. I'm pulling up my notes. I want to hear a little bit about you. Uh, first things first, where are you from? I'm from Orlando. Okay. What part of Orlando? Um, by like Conway area, close to Summeron, right by like Winter Park. I forget what the other neighborhood was. Yeah. Um, but I was there for like a couple years. Winter Park's a beautiful area. Yeah. I don't know if you haven't been back or when the last time you were there was. Um, I was actually there, I'd probably say a year ago. I actually swing by Winter Park. So it's nice. It's a beautiful area. The restaurants that they have going up. I mean, it's yeah. almost kind of like the downtown Tampa district. It's kind of like Hyde Park. Yes. Like Winter Park's kind of like Hyde Park. Yes. So I haven't been back, you know, too much recently. I mm -hmm. kind of stay. I like to say that Tampa is my home. It is. It's a beautiful area to be, especially with all the growth right now and for what you guys are doing. I mean, yeah. you are right on point in the perfect market to be doing that. Mm -hmm. um, high school life. Where'd you go to Where'd you go to high school? So I went to two high schools. Okay. I went to Boone High School in Orlando. Yep. And then I graduated from an entrepreneurship magnet at Oak Ridge High School. Ooh, entrepreneurship magnet. See, this is the stuff that we like to hear. Yeah. What made Honest you want to go into that program? So I was in a finance magnet at okay. um, Boone, which was, uh, I would say, one of the top-rated high schools over in Orlando. Really great school, although finance wasn't really for me, mm -hmm. especially when I started. It was like I was 14. I was a freshman in high school, and they were, they were giving us like – stuff that you would learn in college mm -hmm. um, as if I was going to get like a finance degree. Not really my thing. Um, and so after I would say halfway through freshman year, I was like, this isn't for me. And I like knew someone that was at another high school, um, Oak Ridge. It was like, I want to say maybe like a 20 25 minute drive from my current home. But if you obviously were in the magnet program, they send school buses to pick you up. So I went in, applied, and I was accepted. And honestly, I think that was probably one of the first best early decisions that I made in my life was mm -hmm. going to that magnet. Uh, it was a Title I school. And what most people might not know, um, unless I have it wrong, is like majority of the school is in like below poverty. So I think it was like 95 or 96%. Uh, There's a lot of Creole kids. Um, 
that spoke and that didn't speak English that went to that school. And the school wasn't rated. It wasn't really a good rating yeah. school, but it had a um, early magnet. And I was going into the second year since that magnet. And I believe when we graduated, the school went from a C to either a B or A. Um, I forget now, but I was at what part of the inaugural class. And we always had, you know, guest speakers come, I would say once a month at least, um, people that own CEOs, businesses, and mm -hmm. just hearing those people speak at an early age, you know, once a month and, you know, taking trips to, let's say, someone's office and mm -hmm. learning about the different types of businesses over even in the corporate world, um, that really gave me some insight of like either what I wanted to do or how I wanted to portray myself. Yeah. So I was, you know, 14 um, and I was interacting with all these older businessmen. And I feel because of that, I've learned how to talk to people um, that are much older than me. And it was honestly a really great magnet. Yeah, gosh. I mean, I got to believe something like that has got to make such an impact on your life, especially at yeah, that age. Absolutely. I, I had my first internship at 16. Uh -huh. So, you know. Yeah, I, you, you hold yourself really well. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I think the first time we met, like, you're so professional. But yet at the same time, I've gotten to know you on a personal level. And you're an extremely goofy person. Um, some of my friends say, like, why do you text like that? And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> They're like, why do you text so proper? I'm like, it's just the way that I text. It's just the way I am. You got a problem with it? Deal yeah. with it. That's so funny. So you've obviously learned quite a bit from them. That made a big impact on yeah. you. And at that point in time, did you know that you wanted to get into real estate or were you just kind of being exposed to all different sorts of things? I was being exposed to all sorts of different things. Um during that time, real estate wasn't on my mind. I'm, you know, we're in high school. A lot yep. of things are on our mind. We're yeah. trying to go to college. You got no freaking getting, clue what you want to do. Yeah, we have no idea what we want to do. But during that time, because of the school that I went to, um, I was involved in sports. I was involved in student government. Uh, during that time, I would say my focus was kind of giving back to the community just mm -hmm. because that community was, uh, was eye-opening and a lot different. Kind of similar grounds from like where I grew up. You know, my mom's a single mom mm -hmm. raising three kids. It wasn't very easy. So it wasn't anything that was um, surprising to me. But all of these kids in the same school, not the magnet that I was in, but in the same school, they would, you know, not, they'd go back home. There'd be like no electricity or like yeah. they wouldn't really have food. So I started like programs of like, you know, back to school supplies, making sure that they have what they need to succeed in school because. To me, I think education is like very, very important. Mm -hmm. You know, there's these all these programs of like helping people, and I think what we really need to focus is like teach people how to fish so they can like support themselves. Mm -hmm. So during that time frame, I one of my goals was like, oh, I really want to start like a nonprofit that revolves around you know spreading education to other third world countries or even like my immediate neighborhood. Yeah. So that was my focus. Um, so even back then you had those leadership qualities to go ahead and, and, and drive really to start something that made a difference or an impact in the community that you were in. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I think it's very important um, to, you know, take care of others. And I'm a firm believer of like Christ and, you know, we're here on this earth to not just help ourselves, but to help other people. That's one of the best things you could do. So, I mean, one of my goals is still to, you know, give back to the community, maybe do that nonprofit. 
um, and see if there's a way I can incorporate that in my current real estate business. We're going to have to have some conversations after this yes. because that's something <laughs> that we want to do as well. And we're working on, you know, forming mm -hmm. things like that. So we'll get to that because that's going to be about our impact section. But let's kind of keep moving forward. So from high school, you went into college. Did you not go to college? What I was your did. game plan? Okay. So I went to University of South Florida. Okay. Um, I didn't graduate, <laughs> but I really enjoyed my time while I was there. While I was there, um, I decided it was two years. I was in the, um, I'm already forgetting. I was doing marketing. Yep, there. marketing program. Yeah, I was doing the marketing program there. They actually changed it. It was marketing and then it was like integrated public relations and marketing. So they changed it halfway. So yeah. it was a much longer curriculum. Fancier, longer fancier word. <laughs> um, I was part of a sorority, Kappa Delta. I really enjoyed my time there. But after two years, you know, college is very expensive. Yeah. I was in a sorority as well. Um, rent was very expensive. Mm -hmm. And I was um, also working at Outback Bowl, which mm -hmm. was a, you know. They yeah, the Outback do, Bowl college yeah. football. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I loved that. I actually thought I was going to go go straight into a career with sports because yep. I really liked being there. What were you doing for them? Um, I was doing event planning. Okay. So we would like, I would help them plan all the events that they had during the bowl season. It was really fun. Really loved doing it. Uh, one of the girls who had my position, she, she ended up working for like the championship games. And I thought that was like so cool. Mm -hmm. um, but during that time frame, you know, I was also a server and like juggling everything. You know, again, I'm like on my own. I was like, wow, I need to find a way to make more money to support <laughs> myself through school because I had scholarships and everything, but, yeah. you know, it only takes you so far. And I was like, I'm going to get my real estate license. And the reason I even, like, was even considering at that point, I actually took my real estate um, class as soon as I graduated high school. So somewhere in my mind when – I decided I want to go to USF. I somehow knew like Tampa is going to be the place where I want to go and do real estate. So it was in the back of my head my senior year and through the early years of college. And I did other jobs as well, was part of student government mm -hmm. in college. Um, I was director of programming at USF, really loved doing that, you know, but that doesn't really pay all like the bills. Yeah. So I went into real estate. I worked really, really hard. I was on a team. I was cold calling from 8 a.m. to like 7 p.m. dialing. So good at setting appointments. Now I'm like very young and I had no idea what I was doing, but I had the grit. The grit and the grind. I had the grit and the grind. And so I would go into the office every single day, cold call, set appointments, and I would go to these appointments to try and get these people to trust me with like some of like the biggest decisions of their life and they see me and they're like who's this young girl <laughs> so it wasn't very easy when it when I started it I didn't sell anything for the first five months um it was brutal delayed like, gratification though it, so many people think in yes. any business that they're just going to go and do something and they're going to get the results that they want right away yes absolutely it was absolutely brutal the first you know five months and then the fifth month, I, I'm so thankful for like my first few clients. Some of them are actually my friends. I didn't tell anyone I was a realtor in the beginning because I was like, I don't want, like, why should someone trust me to help them buy or sell a home when I have no idea what I'm doing? I just started a career. Um, I think that if someone, I know a lot of realtors, they get their license and they feel entitled. Well, 
so-and-so should use me because I have my license. Really, they they don't need to use you. Like, you just started. Mm -hmm. Um, So I wanted to wait until I was, like, comfortable. And I think by, like, a couple months of, like, practice and, like, really shadowing my – the guy I was working for, my team leader, I was like, okay, I think I'm ready to tell my friends. And they trusted me, and I helped through the process. And it wasn't as hard as I realized I learned to negotiate. In the first, the fifth month, I had, like, four closings. So, and after that, it was, like, work, and it was, like, closing, closing, closing. You I just, figured like, out the process. I figured out the process, yeah. Yeah, which you needed to educate yourself on at the beginning in order Absolutely. to go ahead and get to where you are today. Yeah, and it takes a while to build your pipeline with, like, any sales, I would say. Absolutely, and it is, you know, it is selling. I mean, in every business, we were just talking about this the other day, everything that we do is really selling. If you're in a service business, if you're in a product business, yeah. you have to learn how to sell, but you're selling out of the the intentions of like your heart like everything that you're doing is because you firmly believe that it's in the best interest of of the people that you're working with absolutely that's awesome so lifestyle wise i want to talk a little bit about that you're a super healthy person because obviously you know we are a healthcare clinic and i am a (laughs) physician so you kick butt every morning you're working out i know that you personal train you do things like that what does your morning routine look like like walk me through a day of your life yeah so i just got back from uh, seven days working out every single day if it's just even like a sweat. So I love um, personal trainers. It like a way to help me like, help me keep accountable. But also because I've only been so new to working out, I would say the last three years now, mm-hmm. um, it was a way to kind of get me, show me, you know, what I'm doing and stuff. But Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I have personal training for weightlifting uh, I wake up at 5.30, and I'm in the gym by 6. Mm-hmm. And then I'm out by 7. Mm-hmm. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays, I am boxing at 6 a.m. Mm, boxing. So, and a then, lot of people don't realize how hard of a workout that is. It's a very hard workout, and it's honestly very good. Where do you do it at? Um, I do it at Punch next to okay. Oxford Exchange. Yep. So, um, And then on the weekends, I either try to do like a class of Pilates, but typically I end up just going to um, Powerhouse either mm-hmm. Saturday and Sunday. And just kind of like just, a freeway. Just like a freeway. And I just um, like typically I'll like on Sundays, like I'll go to church and then I'll go to the gym after. Yes. What does your diet yeah. look like? Pretty clean. I mean, I definitely like to eat though. <laughs> like on the weekends, if I'm going out to dinner, I definitely eat. Which all the places going up in Tampa. I think I just saw a post on Tampa tomorrow. There are a ton of new restaurants going up in the area, which yeah, I mean. That I'm so excited. We, I mean, I love to eat. I'm Italian. What nationalities are you, by the way? I'm Colombian. Colombian. 100%? Colombian German. Colombian German. Yeah. Ah, very nice. Mm-hmm. So that's where the spice comes from. Yes. That's where the pink suit comes in <laughs> the handy. pink suit. <laughs> and the very bold personality. Very bold. Bold but professional. Bold but professional. I'm not as... Um, bold or i would say spicy as like a true latina so mm-hmm. do you go <laughs> I'm like the americanized version i like to say uh, have you been there yet? i haven't been there recently i am planning to go there probably for christmas to visit my mom's side of the family because they're in Colombia. very good do you travel yeah. a lot at all or no no i feel like yeah i rarely see you travel like I you hustle not. monday through sunday girl yeah traveling um i mean i did go to mexico for new year's but mm-hmm. besides that I don't really travel. I feel like if I do travel, it's like something that I like deserve and there's too many things on my to-do list. Yeah. So do you, what is your thought process then on the whole, you need balance in in your life? Absolutely. And that is actually very important. Um, 
but I only can agree with that so much. Like, I'm not trying to be average, so I don't think, like, balance is, like, where I would say I kind of am doing my life. But I do, you know, I kind of balance it out by either having a vacation, going to go get a massage, mm-hmm. um, maybe taking, like, a morning small to just doses. work. Just really, really small doses. Like, that's the kind that of That brings balance. you your fulfillment. It brings me my fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Um any vacations that I do take, they're not many, but I know like last year I would say, you know, I want to go to Naples and just stay at the Ritz-Carlton for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're like super small doses where it doesn't feel like I'm going to have like a burnout mm-hmm. because we don't want to get to that no. burnout. Yeah. No. And in order to be excellent, I think that you have to have that mindset. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to be able to go and take a seven day vacation, you know, while you're doing your thing. And that's perfectly yeah. fine. It's just how you roll. It's what gives you your most amount of peace, too, because a lot of people would go and take that seven day vacation and they come back feeling all stressed out and like mm-hmm. they were super behind on everything that they were yeah. trying to accomplish and they can't get caught up. And they're more stressed now after the vacation than they were before. Absolutely. I 100 percent agree. I think uh, maybe next year, maybe I can start planning some vacations, but for this year, absolutely not. If I do, it's like something like quick, like a three-day. Very good. So in and out. <laughs> let's talk about KVA Group. Yes. Who started that? How did it start? Where did it come from? Fill me in. So it's me and Camilla. So it stands for me and Camilla's initials. And I was working at the KW in South Tampa. Mm-hmm. I was on a previous team. And she met me. We met like the end of my first year in real estate. I actually had a listing on her street. I was so excited for this listing. It was like my first million dollar like listing. And no, it did not sell because it was overpriced, which is why I tell the people on my team to not take overpriced listings because <laughs> it just wastes time sometimes. Um, but I had someone who was putting like open house signs because I was having an open house, um, putting open house signs in front of her yard. And she came outside like, I think she was wearing her pajamas or something. And she was like, why are you putting, like, signs on my yard? And he was like, oh. Um, my friend was like, oh, there's this girl named Allie. She's doing an open house on your street. She's such a hustler. You should definitely come by. And she never came by, actually. Instead, she, like, stalked me um, via, like, Facebook and, like, a bunch of other things and looked me up. That's <laughs> what she told me. And then she ended up calling me. And she told me, hey, I saw that you had a listing. And I was so excited for a call because I thought she had, like, a buyer. Mm-hmm. And no, she just wanted to give me, like, a lead. Like, because I speak Spanish, a Spanish lead. Mm-hmm. And she had this listing. I, I remember very clearly. She had, like, this property in, like, Lutz um, from one of our current clients that we work with that remodeled it. And she gave me the Spanish lead. And she was like, hey, can you call them? And they want to see this house. And I, like, closed them. They ended up buying the house. So she ended up giving me like more Spanish leads. That's kind of like what my low hanging fruit was my first year was all these Spanish leads because I spoke Spanish. Um, So most of my clients were Hispanic. And then, you know, a couple months go by and she's like, hey, do you want to come work with me? She was at Coldwell. And I'm like, no, I'm really comfortable where I am and stuff like that. And, you know, it was like six months until she convinced me to switch brokerages and then that kind of is how it started. We ended up working together. Um, and then I had some friends that got their license and ended up working with us. And we kind of like grew that way. And I want to say by the end of the first year, uh, we ended up probably started to be more like known on social media. Yeah. Like my first year of us working was strictly just us 
just me and her. Just you and her doing just your thing. Just me and her doing our thing. Which um, was probably good because that allowed you to fine tune your systems, figure out your yeah. working relationship, who would accomplish what task when, you know, you're coming up on a sale or you had a lead. You figured out your roles and what you were good at and what she was good at, which is so important. No, absolutely. And I want to say since we've both started, we've grown, you know, we've grown um, in every way possible of like what we're good at, you know, because things that she's good at, I'm probably not good at. And things that I'm good at, she maybe it's not her best thing. So we balance each other's like strengths and weaknesses, which I think is very, very important in a business relationship. And also having that trust and like loyalty, like she's not just my business partner. She's like, honestly, my, my best friend. And I kind of like look at towards her like as a mom or sister figure as well. Oh, shout out Camilla. Yeah. Shout out so Camilla. you all have a team of how many now? So we have a team of just not including like our admin, mm-hmm. 11 agents. 11 agents. Yes. What about including admin? So we have one, hang on, two, three. I think we have five on admin. Yeah. Five admin. So between everybody, you have just under a team of 20. Yeah, we have a team of 20. We actually had um, at a time, I believe when I spoke with you last year, I think we had like 17 agents mm-hmm. and we had over like 20 people. And we fine-tuned, we fine-tuned and put the chopping board out. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes quality is better than quantity. Absolutely. And we constantly get, you know, I've, I open up my phone right now. I probably have a, a lot of dozen at least unread messages of people wanting to like join the team. Like mm-hmm. We get a bunch of emails and, you know, it's really nice to know that there's like other, you know, agents or people that look up to us and want to come work with us. But unfortunately, we've gotten to the point that we don't have enough time to offer the same type of training that we could have offered, you know, maybe two a year ago. Yeah. So... Let's talk about the social media monster that you guys have grown. I mean, you guys are at, let me see here. I'm going to pull it up on my iPad. When it comes to KVA Group, you've got just under 4,000 followers, right? But you personally have over 20,000 followers. How do you feel like that's benefited your business? And and what can you, you know, you contribute to social media for allowing you guys to grow at the rate that you did? I mean, what type of role did that play? Yeah, absolutely. I don't think we have that many followers, but I would like to say that we do have a lot of followers that are true local to our community, which mm-hmm. I think that's very important, especially for the business that we're in. We're like selling real estate in Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when I started, I, I think it started when I started to post more. I used to post a lot more than I do right now. And I something that I teach the agents on, um, the team is, you know, how to grow their social media. And one, I got a text this morning from one of the newer girls. She's been with us two months and I've been teaching her like what she needs to do to like, you know, be an influence, um, impactful, help others. And, and she's like, look, I got another client this morning. Exactly. And so, um, but I started posting more. Like when I first started, I would do a lot of like stories, kind of what I'm working on. Um, I, when I started working with Camilla, my gear kind of changed. I was working with a lot of, you know, um, buyers, mm-hmm. you know, Spanish leads. And then she was the one who got me into, you know, that new construction um, field that yeah. I now Which do. I saw you guys have like an 82-unit complex going yes. up. That's badass. Yeah, we have a lot of projects going up, um, including that one. So mostly what I focus right now is new construction. But 
what I started doing, and this kind of goes back of how I got started, is I'd go to all these listing appointments and I they would almost pick me. They'd be like, we wanted you, but we almost went with you. And they probably went with someone who had like 10 years, 20 years, much older, you know, so it was very hard when I first got started. So I shifted gears instead. I was like, you know what, I'm just going to strictly, instead of going after like listings, I'm going to go strictly after the distressed homes. Because it's so easy for, you know, I think anyone, maybe not anyone, but anyone can just go and knock on a property that's distressed. And for those that don't know, distress is like a home that's not, you know, being maintained. Let's say the grass is overgrown, the roof is caving in. Not the sexiest home on the block. Not the sexiest home on the block. Actually, the ugliest. The ugliest (laughs) ugliest home on the block. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go knock on these doors because I had a client. I had this one client who was an investor and I was so excited. And he's like, I'm looking for a property to flip. And so I'm like, yes, a repeat client. (laughs) And now all my clients are repeating. I was like, yes, a repeat client that can potentially be one. Mm -hmm. And so I knocked on all these doors. Camilla had an off-market, sold it to him. He renovated it. I listed it, and it sold for over asking. I was like, I want to do more of these. Yeah, you found your niche. I found my niche. And because I build my business, it's not just a payday. Like I know what properties I have going up. Like for this year, I already know everything that I'm selling on top of anything else that you know, is lands on my lap um, and next year as well. So I went around town, I would do drive-bys and I would write down addresses and then I would cold call these people and I would, they don't answer, I show up at their door. A lot of these people were older and they didn't have email or phone, so I would just knock on their door and, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of the times they would say, yeah, I've been thinking about selling and, you know, talk to them, be their friend. And that's how I kind of got started. I would post about what I was doing on social media and you know, during that time frame, I would have investors messaging me, say, hey, do you have any um, flips coming up I'd like to buy? And at that point, I started building, like, my buyer list for people who wanted to flip. Hmm. Yeah. And as I grew and the market started to increase, you know, there isn't that much money in flips. And I realized, well, if I can do this with $200,000 houses, maybe I can do this with million-dollar waterfront properties, or they're not a million now, but maybe I can do this with, like, a way that I got into the higher price point was shifting gears, doing the same thing I'm doing just in a different market. Yeah, which I think is so important. Something that you mentioned is like you were actually going in person, introducing yourselves to these people and these homeowners. And so many people are afraid of that face-to-face confrontation. They have a hard time getting past that wall. And like even with what we did when we started up, it was going into the local businesses, meeting the management, trying to, you know, become friendly with them, see if there was a way for us to collaborate in some way, shape, or form with regards to health and wellness and whatever their business was. So, I mean. I think that's very important. Super important. And I and I think, you know, when you're obviously training and talking to people that the second that you have somebody that can't break past that barrier, it's like, okay, maybe you're just not cut out for this job. Like, you know, in order to do this, you got to be able to talk to people. Oh, you have to be able to talk to people. And, and it's so funny you say that because I'm actually an introvert. So, but I do know how to talk. <laughs> I'm very introverted and it's very surprising when I tell people that because I'm in real estate. Yeah. Well, so. you find a way to make it work. Like mm-hmm. you become a bulldog once you're, once you're doing your work. Yep. I 100% agree. Very good. So let's talk about the highs and lows. What was the highest peak or what has been the highest peak of your career up to this point? What is your largest sale been? Like, what would you say? Or it doesn't even have to be a sale, a finances number. Like, it could just be like, what was the, what is the greatest accomplishment you personally feel um, has been to this point? 
I don't think I've reached my greatest accomplishment yet. Ooh, what a good answer. I think my greatest accomplishment is probably like the next big sale that I have. Okay. So So it's that constant proud but never satisfied mentality. Never satisfied. Like, you know, like last month, um, one of my good clients, he's a repeat client. We closed on a $9.5 million waterfront lot in Miami. It was just a piece of dirt. Um, I didn't celebrate that day. I celebrated for them, mm-hmm. but there was like nothing like for me that I was like very satisfied. Yep. So went back to work the next day. Well, I think a lot of people in like sales, you know, realtors too, they get that big sale and then they'll take like, they like a chill. week vacation or <laughs> two weeks and they go to Europe or something. Um, but not me, I know. And I think the reason why my clients love working with me and I have good clients is because they know that I prioritize them and they know that their needs are in like good hands. Yeah. And I'm so happy to have a friend like you who has that type of mindset because that makes me better as well within what I do. And I have that type of mindset too. And it's like, you know, I have this facility, you have your company, we have different things that we're working on, but we always want to try to push the limits with that. Absolutely. So, So having said all of that, Let's talk about lasting impact and how you want to be remembered. So not to bring like religion into this. I love religion. That's (laughs) a great thing. Pastor Aaron Burke's coming on next week. I know, but it wasn't last week. It was the, I think two, two weeks before he was talking about some of the most important thing you could do while on this like planet is to talk to other people about like God and Mm -hmm. see what they can do and have them bring them to church and kind of make an impactful life in their life, whether that's like business relationship and something that I do with like my current team is try to help them get to that next level. Like for example, I've had a lot of mentors in my life, you know, Camille's a mentor of me as once, well, you know, God forbids like something happened to her, but something I would always remember from her is like, she was always there and she helped me grew grow into like who I am today. Same thing with my mom. So that's kind of I want to be remembered in like other people's life. Like Ali helped me, you know, get from point A to point B. And because of her, I'm like doing this or I think this way or I believe in this. So yeah, she cared about you more as a person or who you were as a person and yeah. what you were going to become than the result or what you could give back to her. Absolutely. And that's huge. I mean, I think it's very difficult um, even for us to figure out how to implement, you know, faith into the workplace. And it's a very difficult thing to do only, you know, so many people try to keep everything separate, but I think there's small little things that you can do on a day-to-day basis, just through who you are as a person and the way that you treat people, um, that reveal of any religion, you can believe in whatever, whatever God you want to, but as you know, I just follow the golden rule, treat others like how how you want to be be treated. treated. So a hundred percent. Amazing. Well, Allie, thank you so much for hanging with us today. Thanks uh, for having me. We appreciate you. We, you know, I wish you nothing but the most amount of success moving forward. Thank uh, you. Continue to kick butt, do your thing, and uh, I'm excited to watch you all grow. Absolutely. Thank awesome. You. See ya. Bye. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. If you liked this video, please click the like button and subscribe. This podcast is being produced with the hopes that it will impact the lives of many people throughout the world. For more information on Elevate Health, visit elevatehealthfacilities.com and schedule an appointment with a qualified healthcare professional for any of your desired needs.